0: Verse 9. Thank the Lord. All right, once again, Isaiah 59, starting at verse 9, says this Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none for salvation. But it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. And our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, is sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Let's pray, Father, so grateful and thankful for allowing us to be in your house this morning, Lord, and thankful for your presence. We pray, O God, that you'll continue this morning, that you'll take these words, Lord, and stir our hearts and minds. Uh, that we can ever get close to you, Lord. That we can ever be in a place to be used of you. That those that may be here without you, Lord, we pray that conviction comes to them today, Lord. And we pray that they'll call on your sweet name for salvation. Lord, we just love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. And amen. It can be kind of depressing reading that, can't It, it can be a little depressing. I said the the series title is Jesus is coming today to bring hope. Jesus is coming to bring hope. As we read here from the prophet Isaiah, and you can read throughout the book of Isaiah and other prophets as well, you find at times there's a bit of sadness and sorrow. There's a a, a bit of a, a, a time that they're in valleys and they're grieving. And they're hurting. And they need help. They're looking for help. Now, many times we know the Israel nation had found themselves in cycles. And they would fall into sin. And they would repent of that sin and come back to God. And God would restore them. And then there'd be a falling away again. And it just continued on and on. And Isaiah, the prophet here, is really a a mouthpiece of two. One of God to the people and of the people to God. And he's just relaying here in the scriptures of the overwhelming feeling that the nation of Israel was having. And that was of hopelessness. It was at a point and period of hopelessness. Now, before we get deeper into this chapter here, the thought we had around this series is that, listen, let me say this, there's no doubt you've probably already started Christmas shopping. You probably already may be making plans around Christmas or Christmas get-togethers or dinners or whatever it may be. And you've been doing that, you've been planning that. And we want this series to, be, to make sure that it brings into focus as the saying says, is the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. And we can get distracted by many other things and we want to make sure that you're focusing on what the season is all about. Without Jesus, there would be no Christmas day. Without Jesus, there would be no Christmas season. And certainly as we see here, without Jesus, there is no hope. So we want to focus our Uh, make efforts we have to make efforts sometimes uh, that we're focusing on the right things that we're focusing on the heavenly things that we're focusing on the spiritual things we're focusing on the godly things and we're meditating on the word of god and what this season is all about and what it means to you what it means to the church What it means to the world today. We need to look and meditate and pray about it and focus on it. We need to take our time. The time that God would allow us. And to think what Christ has done for us. Because we can get in a period of sadness and sorrow as well in this life. And we can wallow in our grief. It's easy to do. The devil makes it real easy to do a lot of time. He'll make it easy to blame God. He'll make it easy to blame others. He'll make it easy to make others look... Like they're having a better life than what we are. He'll put things in our heart and in our mind. Our thoughts and, 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 and things that we don't need in there. And we need to take those times that the devil would steal from us. And we need to give those times to God. And to think about what God has done for us. So let's start purposely. Uh, during this Christmas season. There's only a few weeks to Christmas Day. Uh, let's purposely take the time and look and focus on Him. There's going to be times of even sorrow around the Christmas holiday for a Christian uh, because of lost loved ones, somebody that's not with the family this Christmas, or or maybe health that has deteriorated, or or maybe we're not in the financial standing that we uh, once was or we'd like to be. Or there's many things that could cause us to get in a state of sorrow but i want you to know this unlike the nation of Israel this time we know that our hope is jesus christ we know that he's come to this earth we know that he's given our life his life for us we know that salvation can be had and obtained and we know of the promises that god has given us we got to be sure to take the time that we're Thinking on the right things, the spiritual things, things that a Christian needs to meditate on and think on. Now, back to these words here. I mean, they're talking about sin and transgression, they're talking about uh, uh, well, the, what was in the heart of man. Even God's people at that time, there was wickedness there, and there was sin there was a plan for how they could offer sacrifices for that sin but there was no long term permanent plan for sin and they were looking for something it had already been prophesied about it had already been talked about it had already been sung about and written about in psalms about a need of a redeemer the need of a savior and so By these words here, they're looking for something. Yet, they're looking, but it's still obscure. They say even though there may be some light, they're still in darkness. It's not a good place to be. That's not a good place to be. Someone that's lost, maybe someone here today that's lost and undone, and you're looking for something, you're yearning for something, more in this life I can tell you what that something is the only one thing that can replace anything in your life that can fill the hole that's in your life and in your heart the only thing is Jesus Christ the Savior we can't fill it with money we can't fill it with with goods and material things we can't even fill it with people family we can try to and some of those things can be beneficial to us but you'll continue to yearn for something missing in your life until the day that you give your life to Christ. And I'm, I'm saying not, this is not a head thing. This is not just, I think I'm saved. or I think I did the right thing. This is a heart thing. Where you come to Christ repenting of your sins and your ways and you give your heart to Him. You ask for that forgiveness of the sin and iniquity. And you ask Him into your life to make a change in your life. That a destination that you were headed to, a place called hell, has now been changed. And you're headed to a place called heaven because of the blood of Christ. Because of that salvation plan. It's not... The head that matters. You may think on things. You may study on things. But there are multitudes of people that have tried to think their way to heaven and they're in hell yet today because they never gave their heart to Christ. There's got to be a change that's made there. A change internally that's made. It's by receiving Christ into your life. Israel was... Desperate for something. And they were trying to see. They were trying to look for it. And he couldn't get out of their own way many times. Now over 700 years prior to Christ physically coming to the earth. We're reading these words. And we hear him what they're saying. Try to put yourself for a moment. And it's hard to do. It's impossible. But try To put yourself in the place of the nation of Israel at that point in time. No Christ had come to the earth. No sacrifice had been made. No resurrection or promise of a resurrection had been given. And you've been here in all these years, generation after generation after generation, there's going to be one time. There's going to be a Savior. There's going to be a Messiah. There's going to be one that's going to dwell among us. There's going to be a King that comes from the people of Israel. And yet they're still looking. And still looking. They probably, to some extent, get numb to it, right? Let me compare it this way to uh, a Christian today. I've heard all my life. Some of you maybe have not heard all your life, but maybe you've heard for years. But I've heard all my life, Jesus Christ is going to return for the church one day. He's coming. But He's not returned yet. And if we're not careful, we'll get numb to it. The Scripture says we are to look for His coming. So if we don't know the day, So just as a thief in the night, we don't know that day He's going to come and He's going to return. And we don't. But are we seeking? Are we looking? Are we expecting? Do we have the expectation that Christ could come at any moment, at any time? It's a promise that's been given. The Israel nation maybe have become a little numb to this, but they said we're looking, we're trying to find, but it's still obscured to us. And in the book of Isaiah, throughout the book, he talks about how there's a Redeemer that's coming. You know what? I truly believe with the words that Isaiah had written here. I believe that Isaiah knew that there was a Redeemer that's going to come. Now listen, uh, it talks about what this Redeemer would, would be. The Redeemer coming would be a witness, he said. Uh, to God the Father in heaven. The Redeemer coming would be an intercessor between God and man. The Redeemer coming would provide salvation to all those that believe. The Redeemer coming would have the Spirit of God rest upon Him. The Redeemer coming would provide freedom from sin and death to mankind. The Redeemer coming would provide grace, mercy, and forgiveness. The Redeemer coming would provide love life the redeemer coming would be resurrected by god the redeemer coming would provide resurrection to the saints of god the redeemer coming would provide a way to eternal life thank god isaiah wrote about it i believe isaiah prayed about it i believe deep down isaiah knew it he never saw the redeemer in the flesh but i believe the expectation was there the redeemer was going to come and those things I just mentioned, and many more, was going to bring hope to the people. Jesus is coming to bring hope. We can say Jesus is here to bring hope. Romans four twelve says. being fully persuaded that what God had promised, He was also able to perform. He promised His people that there was a Redeemer going to come for them. That there was going to be one that would come. Although they didn't completely comprehend it, it was going to be a sacrifice for them. The time of having the Passover year after year, You see, Jesus is our Passover. Praise the Lord. That is why God will pass over us one day. It is because the blood of Christ has been applied. Jesus is our Passover. We must never forget that our hope, it's built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where our hope lies if your hope is in material things, if your hope is in the world, if your hope is even in yourself, they're going to be presented one day as nothing but filthy rags. Over in Isaiah, it says we are all as unclean things. All our righteousness, ours is filthy rags. All of our righteousness, Anything that we could try to do to make an effort to make it to heaven is as filthy rags. But by the blood of Christ we are made clean. Our hope is in the blood of Christ. The Savior was promised to bring hope to a hopeless people. To a hopeless world, even in Isaiah chapter 61. He wrote these words The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I'd say those words that I read that the state of Israel was in, yeah, they were brokenhearted. Now he's saying there's a promise of one coming the Spirit of God is going to be on one of these days, huh. that's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He's going to proclaim liberty to the captives or give them freedom. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. And we find over in the Gospel where Jesus Christ... Now, People back in this day, they had that promise that there was hope coming to the hopeless. You that are bound can be set free. Ye that are brokenhearted, it can be mended. That was a promise. He said, "It bring sight to the blind. It help the poor. He help those of low esteem. He would bring them up." That was a promise. But then we read over in the Gospel where Jesus read that Scripture out of Isaiah 61. And He said, This day has this Scripture been fulfilled in your ears. He said, I am He. I am the one that the Spirit of God is upon. I am the Savior. I am the Redeemer. I am the hope to the hopeless." If Tammy and Mick maybe get ready to get an invitation song. I talked about a Redeemer coming and what the Redeemer is going to bring. Listen over in the book of Revelations, chapter 5. Jesus being our hope. Because if we're trusting in anything else, It will fail one day. And these words in Revelation 5 describes that there's no other one but Jesus. Because John in this vision said, I saw in the right hand of Him that sat on the throne a book written and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? To open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Nobody was worthy to break those seals and open the book. And John, seeing this vision, I mean, trying to write it down. Said, and "I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Hopelessness." John, at this great vision, got to a point of hopelessness, and said, "I'm weeping openly, because no one's worthy to open the book." <laughs> but you see, God has the last answer. And the last response, and the last word. Because she said, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Friend, if you feel hopeless this morning, to the point of weeping and crying, and wallowing in sorrow, I believe, I'm accurate when I say this, that we've all been there at some point in our life. And if you're there this morning, I want you to know it may feel hopeless because we're in this world, but there is hope because of Jesus Christ. He said, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. This Redeemer, the one that was found worthy there, the Redeemer that Isaiah talks about, the Redeemer that Job proclaimed, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Amen. Praise God! That Redeemer is Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord for Him! Thank you. Wednesday, when folks were given testimony after testimony... Some unique stories, some unique circumstances, some similar things that we were thankful for, like family or something like that. But everybody, a hundred percent of everybody, said they were thankful for Jesus and salvation. Praise the Lord. Jesus, our Redeemer gives hope to the hopeless. Even as a child of God today, we can feel hopeless. We can feel alone in a crowded room. We can feel our words aren't getting past our lips. But know that Jesus came and died because He loves you and He offers hope that this world can't give. I don't know where you're at in your life right now. If you're at the point of hopelessness, if you're maybe you're lost here without Christ. I'll tell you, the only way to make it to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Through His blood. That's where the hope lies. The message to the people then was, Jesus is coming. There's somebody coming. And He's bringing hope. I can say Jesus by the Spirit of God is here and He still brings hope. Let's stand if you can stand. As they come sing this invitation song. Praise the Lord.